Welcome back, listeners, and Happy New Year. Hope everyone had a safe and restful holiday. I know we are all living in a time where things are scary, confusing, and hectic. If you don't know what I'm referring to, I'm talking about the COVID pandemic. There is much to say about that. However, I want to discuss one of the areas which parents found themselves in the middle of 2020, and that is homeschooling. While many schools provided online learning, many parents found themselves being both parent and teacher, and this was a new and stressful experience for some. Some parents couldn't wait to get their kids back to school, while others entertained the idea of this being a permanent arrangement. In this episode, I am chatting with stay-at-home mom, wife, and entrepreneur, Lizbeth Ricketts. She shares her journey and tips on homeschooling, travel schooling, and raising your children to be multilingual. Lizbeth has been homeschooling her children for almost five years, during which she realized there is a need. Mothers and fathers are struggling with having the responsibility to balance life and prioritizing their children's education. She created this masterpiece to enable families to achieve this goal. With her ample experience and her expertise, she hopes to help to change the lives of parents today while enriching their children's minds. As always, welcome to my world of discoveries, where education to our children is given from a different perspective. Enjoy the show. This Around the Way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. Listeners, listeners, I'm here with a special guest, and I have witnessed her throughout the years do amazing work when it comes to her family and her marriage. She has two beautiful daughters, Heaven and Harmony, and today we're talking about homeschooling. Now, I know within the Black community, it's not so common to hear that, or I should say for myself growing up, it wasn't so common to hear about homeschooling within the Black community, but the difference with Liz right now with her children and her marriage and her household is that not only is she homeschooling her children, but she is teaching them multiple language, y'all. I've witnessed these kids on social media <laughs> and their videos speaking French, speaking Creole, shout out to my Haitians, speaking um, Spanish. And I believe that you're now teaching them Arabic or Hebrew. Arabic and Mandarin Chinese. Listen, listen, do y'all hear this? And these kids, neither of them are five or six yet. No. Look at that. One is um one, well, one just turned two, mm-hmm. and the other one is four, going on five. Right. So heaven is four. Yes. 
these children and they speak it clearly but mm-hmm. of course at the end of the episode i will share their websites as well as their social media handles so you can witness it for yourself how these children are speaking these multiple languages very clearly no jumbling and they understand it they hear their mother talk french and spanish and they respond so i believe it's a beautiful thing and i definitely wanted to share it with you listeners today so we're going to dive into homeschooling but we're also going to dive into the concept of teaching our our children multiple languages and the benefit of it. So Liz, thank you so much for joining me on She Discovered Podcast. I appreciate you. And we're going to dive into um, a lot of gems today. And I believe every episode I desire to bring gems to my listeners. So let's start with the homeschooling, right? So I'll give you a little background. My understanding and introduction to homeschooling. Anytime I saw children being taught at home, I saw it as something that was 18th century early 1900s a uh, little little house on the prairie where even little house on the prairie they, they had like a little schoolhouse they would go to but for the most part the children were taught at home right it's not until I moved to California back in 2011 mm-hmm. I went to an ad- Adventist campus, I went to go learn media. So I went on the campus. Most of the teenagers and adults there that I met came from a background of being homeschooled. Now, although I converted into Adventism in 2009, I was more surrounded by inner city Black Caribbean um, followers and members. So I still never heard the concept of homeschooling because the children went to Adventist school. So it's not until I went to California and most of these, I'll say Caucasian families, I think like if I could think mm, out of 160% of them, and I'm just throwing statistics out there just for you to, I'm not saying I'm correct, but to get like a a vision of what I'm saying, at least 60% of them were homeschooled. And I remember I had a roommate at that time because I was living in a dorm and she was just like yeah I was homeschooled and I was like what are you talking about and she's just I'm like you didn't go to Adventist school you didn't go and she's like no this is my in college this is my first time learning at an institution and I'm like so high school everything you were homeschooled and I was like tell me more and the more people I spoke to the more they were like yeah I'm here at this college but this is the first time I'm outside of homeschooling being from New York Mm -hmm. when you automatically think of a child that's homeschooled you think oh we you have no social skills (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're very odd you have no understanding of the real world Mm -hmm. um I must admit some of them lived up to that expectation yeah where just the most simplest things they didn't know and I'm like where have you been Been. right but there were at least two women where they had a good knowledge of the world because why in the midst of them being homeschooled their parents traveled with them Their parents helped them to see the world from different vantage points, right? Their parents also allowed them to socialize with other families and other communities compared to the other uh, people that I met that lived up to my expectation. They were sheltered. They were homeschooled and they were sheltered. And, you know, their parents felt like they were doing the best. Like, you know, I want to keep you in a spiritual mindset, in a spiritual environment. And if I expose you to the real world, you may end up getting corrupted and everything that I've taught you will now be reversed. 
with understanding that and then seeing more of that afterwards, post-California, doing research and realizing more and more Black families mm-hmm. are now homeschooling and embracing that and realizing that within our ancestry, this is nothing foreign to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not only right. within Africa, uh, if we're talking about people of color, not only within African communities or Indian communities, it goes even back to when we look at scripture. That's how our children were taught is within right. the home, yeah. you know? So I want to ask, how did you come to the conclusion that you wanted to homeschool your children? And where did the thought process come from? It's funny that you ask because I honestly knew that I would homeschool way before I got married. Hmm. And it's not because I had a distrust in the educational system or anything like that. It's not because I had any negative thoughts about the educational system, though they do have their downsides. It's because I felt like it was very important for me to be with my children the majority of the day. I did not want the most important life lessons to be taught by strangers. And though you might you know, know your teacher for the whole year and you get to know them and so forth. The important life lessons like respect and self-control and socializing, all these things cannot be learned or cannot be absorbed within five hours. Because at that age, you know, yes, you'll find some schools that are, you know, eight hour long. But at that age, you'll probably go, you know, probably send your child to a school for, you know, part time basis. You cannot learn in five hours every single day um, what it means to have self-control. You can try. You can uh, do some exercise and activities in school to, to for them to have a gist of what it means to be polite and to be kind. But at home is where you find the experience because that's when you start having some disagreements with your siblings or a disagreement with your parents, the real, real disagreements where you have to be able to expose these character traits that people have been talking about. Right. So I always felt like growing up, though my mom like applaud her in every decision that she made, you know, she put us in private school, in a private French school where we learned four or five languages at a time. And we were exposed to that type of lifestyle. And I would love my children to have that. Uh, my mom also ran a business herself. So she wasn't always home. We always had nannies at home. Like I said, I don't look down upon that. It's just that I felt like when it was my turn that I want to spend more time with my children and right. still try to give them what my mom gave them, what my mom gave me. So I do travel all over the place. I do. We went to Asia together. We went to Europe together. We went to Africa together. And they're able to see children of, of different backgrounds, different mindsets, different personalities, different resources, right? And they learn to accept people's differences, respect people's differences, instead of staying in one classroom every single day with the same type of people. Because at the end of the day, if you really think about it, if you're in a white neighborhood, you're going to go to a white school. If you're in in an African-American neighborhood, you're going to go to an African-American school. So you're always going to be surrounded with the same type of people who have uh, just about the same type of problems and the same type of mindset. So you don't learn how to be or how to to be in someone else's shoe. You don't understand um, why someone thinks this way. You don't understand different people's cultures and their viewpoints. 
And that could be a challenge for you as you go older. Because when you go older and you go to college, yes, you might still be around the same people, but the chance of you being around people of diverse backgrounds is so much higher. And you're not going to have a tolerance for people's differences. You're not going to have a tolerance for people's way of life. Once I started talk, thinking about family and once I started thinking about marriage and how my home was going to be, homeschooling was definitely a part of it. To know that it's actually God's blueprint, you know? It's not like it came out of, it's like far-fetched mentality. This right. is what God expected from us, for, for, for us as parents to teach a child at home and not wait until five, six years old, which is the educational system's blueprint. You start right. at four, you start at five. You start from day one. You start from when they're in your inside of you, as a matter of fact. You teach so many things from day one so that they don't learn these things from the outside. Because it's so much harder to debunk things that you were you grew up with. You inter- integrated, right? You internalized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's easier for you to teach something from day one than to have to debunk whatever it is that was taught to you and then teach something else, right? right? We always talk about re-educating, right? We're always talking about starting all over and going back to... There's nothing wrong with doing that, but I'm just saying... If you know that one plus one equals two, you want to start with one plus one equals two from day one, right? right. You don't want to wait until, you know, four or five years to teach these type of things. And that's just an example. I, I obviously, you know, one plus one equals two is not right. um, <laughs> a, a, a problematic, you know? But that's just to let you know, you have to start from young. You have to start from when they are crawling, from when they're, when they literally come out. The second they make their first idea, the first they make an idea in their minds, that's when you know it's time for me to teach you. Because their idea doesn't come from just anywhere. They're observing, they're watching, they're studying. And it's in studying that they make an idea. They create an idea. So if you're not helping them create an idea that is beneficial, edifying to them, then they'll find themselves making ideas and creating ideas that will be detrimental or that will be, I guess, not beneficial. You're saying so many vital things, right? Mm -hmm. And the first thing I'll say, and again, it's something that I've witnessed is that although you have a biblical and scriptural foundation in your home and that you're teaching your children, Mm -hmm. you still believe in diversity of mind. You still believe, like you said, you've gone to Asia, Mm -hmm. you've gone to Africa. And even though you, we know that there are different spiritual practices within the United States, right? And we know that there's those same things that have derived from these other countries countries like Asia and Africa and you're not afraid to bring your children there in fear of oh my gosh if I bring them there then they're gonna absorb things that I do not want to teach in my home you and your husband is the foundation of the home of what they absorb what they take and what they do not take right exactly but I love that you're setting a foundation for your children to think for themselves yes although you're setting the foundation you're also allowing them to embrace diversity Mm -hmm. that even as they grow into to adulthood that they're able to say that my mom has set a spiritual biblical foundation but that they have also set a a platform for my sister and I to think for ourselves right and what and what I've seen with other families is they just stick to that first notion I want you to see things biblically and scripturally but I don't want you to think outside of this and that's where the weirdness comes in that (laughs) I'm sorry you know I don't mean to offend anyone but this is what i've witnessed where they don't know how to see things from another person's point of view 
Thank you for coming this far into the episode. I wanted to share the exciting news of She Discovered Podcast expanding to YouTube. We will still be streaming audio episodes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. In addition, extra episodes will air via YouTube from time to time. So please be sure to follow and subscribe. Updates and teasers can be found on Instagram at She Discovered Podcast. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Children from a young age, like you said, from the womb, they hear, they feel, you know what I mean? And things are being absorbed into their spirit, into their mind. So if you're thinking because my son or daughter is one or two, let me continue to talk to them as a baby. Let me talk gibberish to them or whatever. No, talk to them as a human being because they're sponges. They're sponges. sponges. So it doesn't matter what you say to them. That's what they're going to And that's what they're going to emulate, right? Yes. That's what, if you talk to them such as a baby and and treat them as if they cannot absorb this knowledge, then they're going to be as such. And we're not saying that these parents are wrong because they've just, they have just done what they have been taught by their parents and they're continuing it. But what we're saying here and what I've always wanted to my listeners to understand what I'm discovering, I want you to also discover that there is also another way that children are able to absorb information and execute that information at a young age. You know what I mean? So I love that you're, you're, you're speaking about that, but as, as parents, what I've realized is that we actually put in place the limitations. Mm. So we, in our minds, we think like we were talking about the languages. Oh, this is too much. We can't, you shouldn't put too much stress on the child for them to learn different languages. We the ones that create the limitations. The reason why they're able to speak the different languages is because I tried. If it didn't work, then I would understand, okay, it didn't work. And let me do something else. I tried and I realized that it works. The issue with putting, placing limitations on your children is that they too will start placing limitations on themselves. As human beings, that's what we do. We don't like to go to the fullest of our potential. We like to place limitations and boundaries in order for us not to do as much as God has put inside of us. That's how we are. And it's our job as parents to remedicate our children's minds, to get them to understand that some limitations are not real. We put them in our lives and we make them real. So you got to keep pushing them and pushing them and seeing and make them see that it is possible. I can do this. What has been other challenges that you have experienced in homeschooling as well as teaching them new languages? One of the challenges... I would say more it's a it's a family issue, not necessarily homeschooling issue. When you're home, you have to juggle everything. So it's hard to be consistent in the scheduling. It's hard to be committed to your schedule. If I say I'm going to do homeschooling from nine to 12, I also own three other businesses and I run it from home. Yeah. Right. So all of that is happening at home. Mm. And if I get a phone call at nine o'clock and it's business related, I have to pick it up. We are, we own a home care agency. So those are one of the, one of the, the, the businesses where I have to tend to at all times, the other two, you know, I can be a little bit more flexible with it, but this one I have to tend to all the time because I'm dealing with sick people. I'm dealing with workers I'm dealing with payroll. I'm dealing with, you know, DOH. I'm dealing with all these people that if I don't tend to it, it can come back 
as right. a violation. If that phone call comes in at nine o'clock or nine thirty or between the in, in the windows of homeschooling, I have to stop. And kids. Once they are interrupted, it can affect them. It can hurt them in the sense that it's going to be hard for them to get back on track. Mm -hmm. You know, the cons you're also trying to teach them to be disciplined and right. to be consistent. So when they see that certain things are not always disciplined and not always considered, they don't understand that there's something else that has priority. They don't understand that yet. Right. So all they see is, oh, I was interrupted. So it's OK for me to stop here and there. You know, it's OK. Mm. You know, and I'm not saying that it's not OK for you to take a break. It's always OK for you to take a break. But for them, they don't understand that these breaks that I'm actually letting them have, it's intentional. Right. Okay. It's not like something that it, it's not a phone call that I do. OK, hold on one second. <laughs> so when that happens, it teaches them something that I don't want them to learn inconsistency. Ooh, okay. Right. So I'm I'm I now have to learn to prioritize certain things. Before, if a worker were, were to call me, I would pick up right away because it's a worker. But now I give them the a schedule where if it's with priority levels, where if it's not a priority, call at this time. If it is a priority, call this time. So if I do get that phone call, I will pick up. But if I say, or I'll tell them, send me a text message or send me an email, send me those things. So now I can teach my child that once I start, I must finish. Once I get into something, I must be focused. I must be thorough. I say the world is the classroom. So in the summer, we go to the park and we do work. And I'm talking about not only, you know, handbooks or workbooks, you know, she will be going down a slide. And in and while she's going down her slide, we go over it. We're going over something. You understand what I'm saying? We go to the beach and we learn the different birds and we go to, you know, the supermarket and I teach them math and, and, and how to weigh and what kind of vegetables, nutrition, fruits. And, you know, this is the, the benefit of homeschooling. And I know that a lot of our parents don't have that opportunity, yeah, especially right. our African-American parents. We right. don't have the opportunity because we need to work. Right. Just like I was saying earlier, my mom had to work. She had two to three things, two to three jobs, I would say, because she worked. She had the agency. She was working, you know, in a hospital. She was working nursing. She had different things. So she wasn't always home. So I understand that a lot of our parents have to be out there. But we also have to think about the importance of our children's education. Mm -hmm. What is it that I can do? What is it that I can sacrifice to give the time that my children need? Because right. if you don't give the time, somebody else is. Right. And it may not be somebody that is good for your child, right? right? And if it's not somebody, it's something like TV mm -hmm. and media and, you know, institutions that are literally throwing at you throwing ideologies to your children that you may not want them to absorb that is true i'll i'll say this right and you, you touched on many things so as you're talking i'm trying to make mental notes to, to say this. so I'll, I'll say this the first thing you're correct not everyone is able to have this luxury right and that they have to do what they have to do. When we think of our mothers, when I think of my mom coming from Haiti at a young age, and when she comes into this country and now she's married and she has me, she has to put food on the table. She has bills to pay, you yeah. know, as well as my father. So yes, they need to put me into daycare. Yes, they need to put me into school. Right. And not only 
lacking the information of that homeschooling is a possibility. Mm -hmm. But even if they knew of it, did they have the resources to execute it? Right. Right. So we're not knocking anyone that are putting their children into um, the educational system and into institutions because we all have to do what we have to do. And like you said, we all don't have the luxury to, to homeschool our children. And even if we had the luxury to do so, many people are not even equipped or don't even know how to start to do that. Because when I think of that, I desire to homeschool my children. Mm-hmm. But when I think of it, I'm like, Lord, <laughs> I don't know anything about teaching a child from scratch. Like, that's what teachers are for. Before, right. So it's just like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to have to teach them math. I'm not good at math. And, mm-hmm. you know, you start to you start to overanalyze, which in good reason. But you start to think, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But understanding, placing limitations, placing limitations, but understanding that there are research resources yeah. out there. It's just research there are many even with social media there's many communities especially within the black community that provide support and resources for uh, for people of color or even outside of people of color that wish to homeschool that provide workbooks such as you do with your company on okay here is a workbook and a curriculum to help you along the way of how to teach your child right but what I love with what you said is even those that send their children to school. You have to understand at the end of the day, we are grateful for the teachers out there. I understand teachers, you guys are underpaid, undervalued. Yes. And and many of you truly want to teach these children with genuineness and sincerity. Mm -hmm. I know there are some teachers out there too that's just a paycheck for them. Let's just be real. (laughs) But what I want to say is that at the end of the day, you have to understand with the sincerity and the love that these teachers are are pouring into your children, they too have to abide by a curriculum. Of course. And they can't go outside that curriculum or their job is on the line, right? right. I've known uh, some teachers within my circle that sometimes they kind of want to push the envelope of what they're teaching their children, right? but they may get in trouble in for trouble, that because right. you're coming outside of the curriculum. So With that said, even from your child at a young age, even going into daycare, like you said, even if it's for four or five hours, understand that the daycare or the teachers cannot be the only teacher. No. Cannot be the only person that is instilling values into your child. And I get it. I witnessed my mom. She would come home from work and she's exhausted. She's tired. She has to now come home and cook and, you know, know how my day was. Um, clean me up, prepare me for bed. And of course, you know, my father also playing that role, but they have their own stressors as yeah. adults in this world. And yeah. I have to tell people as much as it is difficult for working parents, mm-hmm. it is still stressful and a lot of work for at-home moms. Of it is course. not is not a joke. So I don't put one above the other. I believe yeah. both parents and both mothers are doing the best that they can. But again, in the midst of that, my mom knowing that it starts at home, I tell people from the age of seven, my mom started talking about sex with me because she's like, I already know how this world works. You're not about to learn from a friend or from school. I'm yep. going to tell you and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. At seven, yes. she said, you see what you have down there? That's mm-hmm. a vagina. 
Okay. Don't let nobody touch it. I think she took like a comb or something. And she's just like, you see, a penis looks like this. So if anybody tries to show you this or make you touch it, say no. And she was right in doing so. And you know, what's the sad thing, but that's another topic for another day. Mm-hmm. At seven, she was teaching me this because she felt like now it's time for my brain to be able to absorb that. But what she didn't know at five in kindergarten, I had already been ex- exposed. Exposed, you see? I was at school. I remember as clear as day, another kid brought a porn magazine that they found in their father's drawer and brought it to school and was like, look what I found. Now, granted, we can't comprehend what the hell we're looking at. Right, right. But we're looking at- It's still coming in. It's still coming in. I'm looking at these images of men and women and I'm like, what is this? But you're intrigued. Your body and your mind starts to react to what you're seeing. Of course. But at seven, my mom is now trying to teach me the healthy way of looking at the body, not Mm -hmm. knowing that. uh, And of course, I wasn't going to express that to her at seven. You still have a fear that I know this is bad. So I don't want to tell mommy that I saw something bad. So but understanding she's telling you this and in your mind you're like uh, kind of already got exposed to that yeah and if she only knew oh i'm teaching you at seven but (laughs) i could have taught you even earlier than that you know so it truly does begin in the home with your children that even though they're being taught at school and taken care of at daycare there are still things that you need to implement at home There is still a job you need to do at home. And let's be real. Before your child goes to daycare, you're already still their homeschool teacher. Of course. You start as their homeschool teacher. Yeah, exactly. Because before they go into daycare, and I know there's daycares for um, even toddlers and infants, right? Because some parents, let's let's be real. In this country of America, shout out to Canada, because y'all maternity leave is on so long, right? (laughs) It's so long. And here and in the United States, you get like three months, if that. Mm-hmm. Some people don't even get that. And they have to find a place either with family um, or find daycare if they don't have family, right? Like you said, it starts in the womb when you're talking to your child, you're reading to your child. When they come out, although they're a baby, you have to understand that children absorb things. When they're one, don't be afraid to tell numbers and letters to them thinking that they they can't say it yet and let me just put them in front of a television you know what i mean so although we respect working moms um and even homeschool moms are working moms let's not Mm -hmm. get it twisted but (laughs) let's say working moms that you know have a nine to five or a career you are respected and you are valued same way that a home uh, a, a stay at home wife or a mom is valued but you have to understand that the work begins at home Absolutely. no matter at what level you Absolutely. know so i i truly appreciate everything that you've been saying and you mentioned travel right so let's tap into that i remember reading a article of this couple their their daughters two daughters as well is oh, yeah. older than mm-hmm. your daughters mm-hmm. they actually have the luxury or they made sure to create that luxury right mm-hmm. savings dealing with money thinking differently about finances and taking risk mm-hmm. like you said sacrifices mm-hmm. also removing limitations so you're saying a whole bunch of key words here and they said you know what we're going to do for the next five years we're going to travel the world with our our children and mm-hmm. that is going to be their education 
Yep. The yeah. whole travel schooling. Exactly. And I was like, that was a new discovery. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what people are doing. Yeah. Like, you, you didn't put them in school. Like you're not afraid of this. And they're like, no, we go here with them and we stay here for maybe six months. And then we go to Japan with them and we stay there for six months. We don't place the limitation or fear that if we're moving from place to place with them, that they won't have a sense of stability mm-hmm. because our family unit is the stability. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I was just like, man, this is so dope to the point. Now, like you said, I'm not married, I'm single, but I'm already formulating in my mind how you want, I want that to be a reality for me. You know, and like I said, I've even witnessed you and your husband and I'm like, it is possible. I also want to instill these experiences and values in my children. Right. So talk about a little bit about the traveling that you've experienced with your daughters and your husband. Cause like, again, I've witnessed you guys have gone all over with them and not only as a luxury, mm-hmm. let's just vacation. I've witnessed you have, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I've seen heaven even go into certain tribes where mm-hmm. she's mingling with the people and learning their culture. I'm like, yo, this is amazing, <laughs> you know? So Tell us a little bit more about your traveling experiences with your children and your husband and how that has enabled them to even receive a different type of education. Yeah, sure. Okay, so this, I'm going to start back from where it stemmed from. Um, ever since I was young, I've been traveling. Being in the school that I was in, there was there are a lot of open doors to go into different countries. And I fell in love with culture. I fell in love with everything about, you know, culturalism. So um, as I got older, I wanted to share. And because I started thinking about it before marriage, I started paving my life in a way so that when I did get married and when I did have children, I would be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't start, the idea didn't start when I got married or when I had children. It started from before. And the only way that I was able to do it as soon as I had children is because I had prepped. At that point, um, right when I had gotten married um i left my job my husband left his job and then i said that i also had gone to business school i was not even supposed to be going to business school i was supposed to go to law school god changed in a certain way where i ended up going to international business school in spain and at that point i knew that this was my calling Mm. for me to be in different cultures for me to create a great impact in these different nations. But then I started thinking, well, now if I have a family, how am I going to do this? Because mind you, I was doing all this when I was single. Mm -hmm. So I thought that how am I going to do all this with a family? And that's when I told myself, no limitations. Got it. You cannot limit yourself because of what other people think or what other the culture is saying. Oh, you want to, a lot of people say, once you have children, that's it for traveling. And you cannot start structuring your life based on what other people think and they're not even sure about right when I started having children now when I first started I had heaven the first time we traveled she was two and or she was turning two let's say so we went to France we went to Germany we went to Spain we went to Italy Switzerland and a lot of European you know countries Mm -hmm. I wanted to share with her my passion I wanted to share with her my calling and my purpose and it's in sharing it with her that I realized that she loved it as well she's a little kid a lot of people say oh she won't remember but she will remember how she felt mm-hmm. and i talked to her right now about things that she did when she was turning two in different countries she's having a full-blown call and she'll be like mommy do you remember when mommy mm. do you remember when 
she was turning two. What helps also is taking pictures and videos. So yes. throughout, the, throughout the year, we would go and watch different things and we don't stop. Like we will, like it would be a tradition of, of, of ours to go back together and we watch these videos and it, it stays fresh in their memory, mm-hmm. which is why she's able to say these things. She's able to say, oh, do you remember? Because it stayed fresh. It never went away. The reason why children don't remember is not because they were too young. It's because it stopped. Whatever mm-hmm. it is that you did stopped. So they forgot. But if it continues, it's not going anywhere. It's, it's, it'll stay in the brain up until, you know, whenever. When we realized that was a good experience, we said, okay, you know what? Let's do missionary work as well. Mm-hmm. So we brought her to Kenya. And in Kenya, she was ex- she was exposed to different tribes, like you said. She saw Hinduism. She saw well, in certain parts because Hinduism was really small. She saw Islam. She saw different mindsets and thought processes. And though she's not 100% developed to be able to make, you know, um, full thoughts, she was excited. She's looking, she's watching, she's dancing with them. She's doing all these things with them. And she loved it. She was mm-hmm. able to love. So now when I go back home with them, or even when I go back to the hotel, we can talk about their culture in a deeper sense and say, well, this is what they believe. And this is what they think. And this is what they know. This is, a, and then she's so like, and then this is how I tie it now to the Bible. I tie it to the Bible to say, you know, this is, do you remember? And I'll go back to a Bible study and say, do you remember when we spoke about this? Do you remember when we spoke about cisterns? Do you remember when we spoke about calves? Cause we, we went to um, Thailand with her okay. and she saw a lot of idols, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of statues. And she was always poking, touching and poking because she's touching. She wants to see like, what, what is this made of? It looks like a cow, but it's not moving. It's gold, right? Mm. So she's touching. And then when we got back to the hotel, she was just asking, mommy, by then she was about turning two, three. Why wasn't the cow moving and mooing? And I said, because it was just a statue. It's not real. She made the connection between that mm. non-speaking cow that was gold to Moses and the children by of herself. By herself. She Ooh. said, Oh, was it like the children of Israel? When they saw the cow and then they were worshiping, and God was not, not was not happy with that. And I was like, I would have fell out. (laughs) That's what I knew. There is no limitation to these kids. They can make connections in ways that you would not even be able to fathom. Mm. They are. And and the reason why they can make these connections so early on is because their mind is pure. They're not distracted by other things like we are. There's so many things in our minds that we're not even, we're not able to do certain things, but these kids, it's pure. It's not filled with too much things. Right. So they remember this Bible study and they know to make the connections three years old, Shay. Wow. They're able to make these connections. And I didn't tell her anything. I didn't say it was a, a bad practice or it was an ungodly practice. She's the one that said, the isn't that what God was not happy with? That's why I tell you know, my fellow like friends, parents travel with them because there's a lot of things that they won't see here in America. They won't. There's a lot of things that they won't see in, in New York because a lot of us, you know, stay in New York as well. We don't travel much, especially with the pandemic and stuff like that. We don't travel much. So a lot of these pandemic babies, my, my second child is somewhat of a pandemic baby, mm-hmm. you know, because she was born three months before the pandemic, mm-hmm. but she grew up in the pandemic. Right. So she's very like, all I know is where I'm at yeah. more so than the older one. 
Right. And because of that, I have to be more intentional and I go to different states and in those different states, going to Georgia, going to Florida, there's a lot of history behind them. Mm-hmm. And I, I and, and even if she's not able to travel physically to another country, we still dive into books that teaches about different cultures and different things. You have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this like it's easy. It's hard. People don't really have much time to do these extracurricular things and activities. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sitting there saying that this is so easy and, you know, no, I'm just letting you know it's possible. Right. And right. even if you don't, you may not know much of the culture. There are a lot of resources on, on Google, on mm-hmm. YouTube that they mm-hmm. can sit down and watch. I didn't know Mandarin Chinese. You know, I knew a little bit because of, you know, my upbringing, whatever, but not enough to teach my children. Right. But I found ways, whether it's a mixture of Google, of YouTube, of finding people who speak the language coming into the home. Like physics is something that most people, I think I was probably in fifth grade when I first was introduced um, to physics, but I said, why wait that long? So yeah. I called in, he's, I, I should say he's a chemist, you know, he, he pretty much studies your water and he finds the different chemicals and the chemical balances mm. um, in your water. And he shows you in a tube, everything that we learn in fifth grade. And I had him come in and do these things in front of my children. And my children now is exposed to chemistry. So you see a point, not to cut you off that you mm-hmm. just made, right? And mm-hmm. you remember I said for myself, I'm like, uh-uh, like how am I going to teach these kids this and that and that? Yep. I don't know it. And I'm looking at you and you're not a chemist. No. You know what I mean? You're not a math whiz or whatever, whatever, but you bring outside resources to aid you in this holistic education you're trying to give your children. What you are skilled at, you bestow on your children and what you're not skilled at, you either go learn yourself or you bring outside help. Exactly. Homeschooling doesn't mean everything has to fall on your shoulders. No. And that's what I love about what we have not been previewed to historically is that when we think about these African tribes and even within biblical history, that they did not do it alone. It was a community work. And, And we've we've only gotten a glimpse of that outside of, let's say, education. When we think of the Black community, even in the South or even in the Caribbean, where the neighbor can also be your mom. Yeah. Because yeah. if you do something wrong, she's allowed to whoop you. Whoop you she's right? allowed to correct you because if yeah. your mother's eyes were not able to see what you did, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? At least the neighbor that we trust is able to also correct you. Now, mm-hmm. granted, this world is getting more and more twisted, not saying right. that it wasn't, but we're more um, cautious on who we allow to discipline our children, right? Right. Which I, I, I totally uh, agree with as well. With. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, we can't just let any willy because again, another topic, we have to also discuss the numbers of children that have been abused amongst family exactly. and neighborhood children's um, neighbors and so forth. But mm-hmm. the situation is we have to understand that it still takes a community to help us to raise our children. Exactly. Right. And that with our 
our awareness and wisdom as an adult and a parent that we're able to decipher who we bring into our home. It doesn't mean that because there are dangers that we cut it out completely. Like, well, I don't, I don't want nobody around my child, so I'm not going to get outside help. I'm going to try to do it all by myself. No, even as an entrepreneur, even as anything that we dive into, we don't always do it by ourselves. Of course. So why do you assume that even Mm -hmm. homeschooling your children has to be a by yourself experience? It's actually the opposite. It's the opposite. I had to now realize that. Take away the fear of, well, I don't know math. I don't know how I'm going to teach my child. I even have a friend right now, right? She loves children. She's a math whiz. And I told her, I said, girl, listen, when I have my children, can I come to you and you could be their math tutor? She was like, yeah, why not? And I'm like, okay. That's out of the question. That's not out of the question. That's, you know, something that I don't have to worry about. And the same thing, like, okay, I will teach myself to now teach my children some things, but if I'm not an expert at it, who else can I call in? And you know what it does now that I'm thinking about it? It provides a sense of unity when we bring others into this experience that we're trying to bestow on our children and in our home. Because imagine now that I asked my friend to come into this, let's say that tutoring is her form of income. I have now provided, you know, a source of income from her because I'm one of her clients, right? I'm continuing to build even upon her work because I brought her in. And even if it's a side hustle of hers, I've also joined her into my family to say, look at the experience that I'm, you know, um, bestowing on my children that if she didn't even think about homeschooling, maybe now that's something that she's going to think about. So we have to understand that the things that we do are not only for our bubble, but it's for witnessing for the people that surround us, exactly. you know? So exactly. I, I love that. I love that. So with the traveling, like you said, we'll segue into um, languages. This completes part one of my discussion with Liz Ricketts on the intricacies of homeschooling. Please stay tuned for part two, where Liz shares her continuous work with her children, leading them to become multilingual. Tips on how you can do the same as parents, as well as a glimpse into her latest business called Shea Heaven and Harmony, where other parents can be provided with resources such as workbooks to teach their own children. You won't want to miss out on the information. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you've gained some knowledge, insight, and clarity in this moment, creating your own inner discoveries. Tune in again with new episodes released every Tuesday. And most importantly, head over to at She Discovered Podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated. <laughs>